Good morning, Connect Church. Good morning. Yeah, you got to get used to that, don't you? I'm so glad you're here. I was thinking as I was getting ready to come up here, I'm glad to be here. I'm just glad, I'm glad to be anywhere today, frankly, and I am glad and thankful for the way our team has just moved forward and carried on. Uh, Pastor Jay, I'm so grateful uh, for his faithfulness, Pastor Randy, uh, others have just stepped up, and we are so thankful for what's going on right now. The behind-the-scenes things, the volunteers. Uh, Larry Knight called me the other night to say that you guys just such an just did an awesome job of showing up at the last volunteer night. So, if you were a part of that, you know who you are. Thank you. Uh, more importantly, God knows. Uh, if you didn't get a chance, just stay tuned. Uh, lots more opportunities coming in the next few weeks. Well, I, uh, you know, it's obvious I've just got over a little time in the hospital and getting a little bit stronger every day. But what I'm going to talk about today is really a continuation of what I started here a few weeks ago. I'm talking about the good news. And ultimately, the good news is that Jesus lives. Jesus is alive. That is the good news, the gospel, that Jesus came, lived a perfect, sinless life, died on the cross, not for his sin, but for ours, was buried, and 2,000 years ago, on the first Easter, he rose from the grave, and today, Jesus lives. That is the good news. But uh, we've been talking about different elements of the good news. We've been talking uh, week to week here and, and looking forward to the things that God has for us. But today I'm going to talk about, very specifically, good news about our faith. Uh, there is something very unique and powerful about the faith that God has given us and, and the privilege we have of knowing him and living by faith. Living by faith is entirely different than living by sight. Uh, you see, when you live by faith, you do not have to answer the question, why? Why, why is this happening in my life? The, the real question is, what is God asking of me? What is God teaching me? So for us, the, the issue of why is, is not ours to reason. Our concern should be in any situation, God, what are you teaching me through this? The why thing is, is crazy, you guys. You, you'll, you'll make yourself nuts and you'll never find a, a satisfactory answer for many of the things in life. I mean, one of the first things I was thinking about as I was getting a little bit better in the hospital, I was thinking about you guys. I was thinking about uh, how I you know, hated not being here. And I was thinking about, you know, how I got sick, and then it, it just hit me like this. You know, why? You know, we're, we're just prone to that. Uh, we, we just, you know, why? And, and then my second thought was, which one of you guys gave me that flu bug, okay? <laughs> that was this part two. And I think I've got it narrowed down to, to some of you. But the truth is, the why will make you crazy. What? And I want to start with a scripture from the book of James, and I really want you to lock in on this. God's word is so amazing, so insightful, so powerful. And this is going to get us started, and then we're going to go immediately to the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, a chapter known throughout 
the hundreds of years of church history as th this chapter of faith, or as some referred to it because of the personalities listed of faith, referred to as the hall of faith. But today, let's get started. Book of James, would you do that? You can look on your app, or you can go ahead and follow along in your, your hard copy, or just look at the scripture on the screen. From the book of James, chapter one, we're going to kind of talk through this real quickly. Uh, the scripture, God's word says, dear brothers and sisters, okay? Who's that written to? Is that written to unbelievers or is it written to believers? Believers. Dear brothers and sisters. And so this is specifically to you. If you're here today and you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you're one of God's kids. If you're one of God's kids, this is to you. This is, this is to me. Uh, the truth is so powerful here. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind, that's pretty all-inclusive, isn't it? When troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity to whine and complain and worry. Is that? <laughs> Wait a minute, let me look again. Okay. Consider it an opportunity for what? Great? Oh, come on. We all got to buy into this here. Consider it an opportunity for great what? Yes, joy. Now, joy is not dependent upon circumstances. Joy is much different than happiness, you know? Happiness is short-term. It's environmentally stimulated. But the truth is, joy is, it comes internally from our relationship with Christ. So here it is. It's, it's screaming at us here. It's an opportunity. Troubles, all kinds of troubles an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, if you got your hard copy out, circle that word tested. The, the truth is, we who are followers of Christ have moments when our faith is tested. Do you hear that? No, nobody gets free pass. Nobody skates through life without a few problems. The, these human bodies... We'll talk about them a little bit more in just a moment. They, they are at best jars of clay. And, and, and the moment you're born, you begin an aging process leading you toward death. Death is as natural as living. It's a part of the curse because of the fall of Adam and Eve and all of their children's sense, which includes you and includes me. For you know when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance, key word here, next word to what? Grow. grow. We can grow. There's something that happens, an endurance buildup. It's no different than those of you that are committed to a daily exercise regimen or running. The more you exercise, the more endurance you have. But we're talking now about something far more important than just getting in shape physically. We're talking about spiritual health and growing spiritually. You have a chance to grow. How? Through troubles. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. This is one of the secrets to life. If you want to live a life of contentment where you don't need anything. I, I hung out a little bit this last week with our missionary. I hope you remember him. Pray for him. 
uh, Kevin Faldi, missionary to Haiti, and we were talking about some of the problems going on right now uh, in Haiti and how literally the, the government, the country has been shut down and basic needs, rice, something to eat, something to fill your belly for that day. Basic needs are now being challenged. And here in America, you know, first world problems, we have just so, such a different view of this word need. You know, we see things so differently. We, we feel like we need so much when the truth is, if we can learn what's important, and you'll never learn what's important until you understand the good news about faith. And the good news about faith is this, is it takes testing in order to grow a mature faith. Now, we all would certainly raise our hand and say, I, I want to have a mature faith. I, I want to see things as God sees them. I want to see through eyes of faith. But yet to get there, you see, you can't get there from here unless you first go through some testing. And so that, that leads me really to today's talk on the good news about faith. I've told you how you get there. You get there through some troubles. And, and, and along the way, you learn to be joyful. But the good news about faith is very important. It, it is absolutely light. It is life-changing if you allow it to change your life. And so I'm going to give you four thoughts. Here they are. Number one. Faith will allow you to know the things that you cannot see are actually real. Faith will allow you to know, I mean, deep in your heart, know that the things you can't see are actually real. Now, now stick with me for a moment because some of you are thinking Ed's lost his mind. He was in the hospital, his electrolytes went a little bonky there and he was seeing things. The truth is faith is about seeing things that other people can't see. Let me say that again. Faith is about seeing things that other people cannot see, that we can see because God has given us insight to see those things. Use our physical bodies, for example. Uh, they are frail. They, they are, at very best, weak. The Bible refers to our bodies as jars of clay, and they're easily broken. And there's some of you here today, listen, from my heart to yours now, you, you suffer more, you, you physically have more, more challenges in a week than I've had in my whole life. I gotta tell you, I'm an absolute wimp when it comes to being sick. I mean, I'm just a, a, a big baby. You know, they put me in the hospital and you know, oh my goodness, it was just it was just terrible. And I didn't like it at all, to tell you the truth. And, and I probably whined continuously. But the truth is, it helped me understand. That trouble helped me understand that the, re the real Ed Holland, I mean, if you, you wake up one day and you're hooked up to an IV and you're in the heart w w wing because your electrolytes are so low, they think, you know, you're a candidate, you're a walking, you know, crash cart. And, and, and so they're following you around and, and waking you up to see if you're alive. And, and, and you start realizing as you're walking down the hall, trying to get some strength, and you can barely move your feet, you're holding onto that pole that's got the IV attached to your arm, and you got that stupid gown 
that doesn't tie all the way in the back, you know? And you're trying to get along and get a little bit strength. And suddenly it hits you. The physical body. It's not the real thing. We spend all of our time. You, you, you spent, some of you spent more time this morning looking in the mirror, trying to make improvements on what you saw than you spent in prayer before this service today. Think about that for a moment. You see, faith allows you to know the things you cannot see are actually real. What's real? Everybody here has this in common. The moment you were born, you began an aging process. It will lead you to that point of death. I mean, that, you say, yeah, that's kind of a, that's a real downer today. I didn't expect that. That's what we have to look forward to. I mean, we're coming up on April 15th, taxes, death. But you know what? The, the bottom line is, we shouldn't live like this is all there is. We, we, we need to really grab a hold of the fact that these bodies all end up in a box and decay and go back to the dust from which we were created with. And what really matters the most is the stuff that most people can't see because there's a place the Bible calls heaven. There is a body within your body. It's your soul, your spirit, which was born again when you became a child of God. And so my brothers and sisters, this is to you. The real you is the body in your body, and we need to spend more time understanding that, working on that, getting that in shape than we do at least an equal amount of time we spend on the body we do see. You see, faith allows you to see what you cannot see. And so let's start with that next verse. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, kind of begins this chapter with this amazing insight. It says, faith shows. What does it show? The reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. And that's our first point. Faith lets us see the stuff that's real. The world doesn't see what we see. Our, our whole epistemology or worldview is different than people that only see the body and live for the moment and live for the pleasures of the flesh. We, we are supposed to be able to see that there's something more to this world than what you can touch and taste and feel and see. Faith makes all the difference. You see, faith allows you to overcome troubles. Faith allows you to press on when others who are faithless quit. Faith allows you to experience an inner peace. That's what James taught. An inner peace when there's a storm going on outside your front door. There is something different about seeing the world through eyes of faith and seeing what other people do not see. And that's the good news about faith. We have an ability to separate the temporal from the eternal and to know what really matters. That's our first thought. Number two, faith giving. Now follow me here. Don't write me off. Faith giving allows you to experience God's approval. Now, I would, 
I would make the argument that Hebrews chapter 11 is one of the most important chapters in all the Bible. And, and, and this, this was not my doing. I didn't write this. But God, when he wanted to talk about faith, in, in the very heart of, of this passage, he gave us an insight into how faith behaves. And even more importantly, what God is looking for. You know, you, you can spend your whole life trying to get the approval of those around you, the approval of men and women, without concern for God's approval, and ultimately one day discover that what the world thought and their approval really didn't matter. Or you can spend your life and invest your life seeking God's approval. And yes, the, the Bible teaches we're to live peaceably with all men, we're to do our best to have a good testimony and a good reputation and live honorably, not allow our good to be spoken of in an evil way. We're, we're supposed to care about what people think, but not to the extent where we don't care what God thinks or we push it back and we do not see it through eyes of faith. And so I want you to see the scripture and then I want to, I want to show you how faith is manifest through our giving. So let, let's read this verse, Hebrews 11:4. It was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. Abel's offering gave evidence that he was a righteous man. You want proof that you're the real deal, authentic in your faith? This is the key. And God showed his approval of his gifts, his gifts, his giving. Although Abel is long dead, he still speaks to us by his example of faith. This has so much insight into it. We're talking about the good news about faith. I'm here to tell you, I have some good news. Do you want God's approval? If you do, then choose to live your life as a giver. To be a giver of your time, your, your talents, the treasures, the, the resources that God blesses you with. I'm here to tell you today, you are not a person of faith if you are not a giver. Now, this passage gives us an amazing contrast, Cain and Abel. Cain, as you know the story, ultimately murdered his brother because his heart had turned away from God. He resented his brother because his brother... Abel had God's favor, but it really came down to an offering that defined the two, that gave us an ability to see there's really only two approaches to life here. You see, Cain, after being instructed by God on how to give and what to give, he thought he had a better idea. His giving was more focused on how it looked. In other words, he gave an offering based on its appearance. He was worried about what others thought and not concerned about what God thought. Whereas on the other hand, Abel, in obedience, heard God's command on how to give. And, and the heart of his offering was in full surrender to God. He didn't worry about how it looked to anyone else. He simply obeyed, and as a result, by faith, 
He got God's approval. Now, some of you say, Ed, man, you come to church, I don't like to hear you talk about giving. You know, I, I get that. It, it's a tough world to make a go at it. But y'all, it really comes down to this, Cain or Abel. If you buy into Abel's approach and say, God, I don't have much, but I'm going to follow your plan. How did you command it? You, offer, you asked me to give a tithe? Okay, God. And you believe by faith that God can make the other 90% go further than it could have gone if you had kept your grubby hands on the whole 100%. This is a matter of our faith. You cannot be a person of faith and not be a giver. And if that makes you uncomfortable, I'm sorry, but I'm asking you to see this through eyes of faith. I'm asking you to let God speak to your heart and actually care more about God's approval than the stuff or the things that you think you might need. Putting God first, it's an act of faith. And the good news is you have a proof, positive, guaranteed way to receive God's approval. And if that is important to you, and it should be, then you will be a giver. There's only two kinds of people in the world. There's givers, there's takers. Which are you? Ask God to speak to your heart. Good news about faith. Giving is something that pleases God. Number three, faith allows you to obey God even when you don't know where he is taking you. You see, that's, that's one of the, the real challenges of life. You know, we say, man, I'd sure like to know what's coming next. I'd like to know what's around the curve. I'd like to know if you're young, what I'm go- who am I going to marry? Uh, you know, who am I going to spend the rest of my life with? Am I going to have kids? Some of you have kids. You're wondering how soon can you get them out of the house? No, very few are there, but we wonder, don't we? I mean, can we be honest about that? The, the future, I mean, yesterday, canceled check. We already spent it. You know, today, it's really all we got. Tomorrow's a promissory note. It's, it's I hope, I hope, I hope. But if you're willing to go into the tomorrows the way Abraham went into the tomorrows, by faith, you can rest assured that God has already gone there ahead of you. Let's look at our next verse, number three. We're still in Hebrews chapter number 11, but we're down to verse number eight. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. I mean, guys, we do this all the time. You know, where are we? You know, how many times Kathy said, honey, where are we? It feels like we're lost. Well, honey, I'll I'll know when we get there. You see, guys, that's actually a very spiritual thing when you say it like that. (laughs) That's that's not just kind of trying to spread a little manure there and, you know, cover up. But the truth is, that's what faith is. And here's good news. If you're willing to live your life that way, you're going to worry a lot less. You're going to stress a lot less about what's coming. Abraham was willing to get up and go, not not knowing where he was going to end up. Are we there yet? Can you hear his wife, Sarah? Abe, are we there yet? 
I don't know. (laughs) I'll know when we get there. Yeah. The truth is every one of us are called upon to live that kind of faith life. And, and not stress and worry about the tomorrows. Kathy and I were talking, you know, you get a little bit sick and you start getting reflective and you look back, but, you know, it was this time 13 years ago when somebody from the Akron Baptist Temple contacted me and said, hey, you know, we're looking for a pastor. And I remember when we first came uh, to, the, to the community and, and I was somewhat familiar with Akron, but, you know, the, the, the experience, it still stands out in, in our mind as a, one of the greatest challenges to our faith that, that we had ever experienced. And, and as we, we began to hear the story of the church and the wonderful history and the wonderful past and, and, and how for many years God man, just showed up and people were saved. And, 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 and as a result, you know, the buildings were built and, and, and in some ways as the period of plateau and decline began, you know, there, there were moments when decisions were made and huge debt was taken on that, that, that caused, over time, some incredible challenges. And I, and I remember after we walked through the building the first time and uh, I had taken some notes. I was actually taking some pictures uh, with, with my old BlackBerry phone. And, and I had some pictures of some things that, that were just deeply troubling. I counted 100 cracked and broken windows. That's the new windows that are here now or replaced those. But as I drove off the property, my, my dear sweet wife, Kathy, I looked at her and she was actually sobbing and crying. And, and here's pretty much what she said. She said, Ed, you, you can spend the rest of your life trying to repair that building and it will still not be done. And I remember as we drove away thinking, wow, I don't think I want to, I don't want to spend the rest of my life repairing a building. I had been called to invest my life in people. And so the next conversation with the representative from the church, I told him, thank you, but no thank you. And let's not move forward with this. And, and then something happened. Because God began to speak to my heart. We scheduled a return visit and I, and I got beyond the building and I began to meet some of the sweetest people this side of heaven. People who wanted to do something for God. They wanted to do something. They, they wanted to go someplace and do something for God and yet didn't fully know what it looked like. They had prayed and asked God. They, they had asked God to send someone. And, and, I, and when I came, I didn't know what it was going to look like. I, I didn't know how this was going to play out. But suddenly, after all these years, Connect Church is a reality. It is the rebirth of a wonderful church and a wonderful community that have been faithful and started hundreds of churches over the years. And for me and Kathy, this idea of going someplace not understanding it, not knowing where it would look like. It's very tangible. It's very real. It, it, it is absolutely exciting to live your life by faith. And, and for you, it will look differently, and there will be circumstances that are totally differently. But at the end of the day, when God leads you to go somewhere and do something, then please do it. Be, be bold. Be, be courageous. If he leads you to do it, do it. He'll show you. 
You'll know it when you get there. Number four, faith allows you to live your life with confidence. Let me kind of wrap it up with this thought. There's a scripture, Hebrews 11, that kind of really pulls this out. And I want you to see it. So Hebrews 11, 9, and 10. And even when he reached the land God promised him, he lived there by, keyword there is faith, for he was like a foreigner living in tents. We're talking about Abraham. And so did his son, Isaac and Jacob, who had inherited the same promise. What was the promise? A promised land where they would be blessed, a place where they could grow, where they could raise their families, a place where they could prosper. Abraham was confidently, key word there, confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. Now, there's something here for us today. Connect, connect church, listen to me. Listen closely. Abraham knew that even though God had led him to go somewhere that was the promised land for him, he knew that once he had got there, he hadn't really arrived to the final destination. You follow that? He, he knew that he was looking forward to it. Now, he's already in the promised land, but he knew he wasn't home yet. See, that sounds kind of weird. He knew that there was something that you couldn't yet see, a city with eternal foundation, a place built by God, not built by the hands of men and women, but, but a place called heaven. Because faith, this is the good news about faith. Faith sees beyond what you can see. Faith allows you to trust God to take you ultimately where you're supposed to be. And for Abraham, he knew that even after he got to the promised land, he was not yet home. Now follow this great connection. We are soon going to move to some property on Killian Road. It's a building. It's not our home. It's where we will meet and worship. It's where we will use that property as a launch pad to be the church, to go into the community, to represent Christ. But it is not Narvana. It is not our home. There is something far more important at stake here. It is the place that every one of us who are brothers and sisters, who are children of God, who know Christ, who have been forgiven of our sin, who believe the good news that Jesus lives, it's a place we're looking forward to. And it's a place that's real. And so we cannot become attached to another building. It's not our home. It's a place we get to hang out for a while. And it'll be a great place. And it'll help us facilitate ultimately what God's called us to do. But God has called us into a facility that is efficient so we can invest our time and our resources in winning more people to Jesus Christ and telling them the good news. Because ultimately, here, if this world bothers you, if you watch, watching the, the, the daily news depresses the heck out of you, stop worrying about it, stop seeing this world and start seeing what it's really all about because God didn't call us to change this world in a way that the world thinks of it. 
with politics and policies. God has called us to take a few people with us home to heaven. That's what we've been called to do. And that's what Connect Church is all about. And that's what we mean when we say connect people to who? Christ. Connect people to Christian community, to one another, and connect people to the purpose for which they have been created. If you're here today and you, that first passage in James applied to you, you're, you're, you're my brother, you're my sister, you're a child of God, please see your troubles differently. They are an opportunity to grow your faith. And your faith allows you to see things that other people do not see. That's something to be grateful for. It's something to be excited about. And because of eyes of faith, you can make a difference in the lives of people around you. That's what God's called us to do. That's the good news. Would you stand with me right now? Lord, I pray if there's anybody here today who is not 100% sure that they are one of your kids, if they don't know for sure that they're born again, Lord, I pray that today they'd have a moment where they humble themselves in front of you, where they confess their sin, where they repent of it, turn away from it, and ask you, Jesus, to forgive them. Thank you for your love. Thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you for living today and hearing our prayers. Thank you for being here. Thank you for the things you spoke into people's hearts today. Lord, increase our faith that we might be willing to go where you lead us to go, to be givers, to be servants of others, to live our life for you. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.